Please be patient with me this morning. (laughs) There was a man who went to the shopping mall with his wife, and they began to go shopping, and they purchased a a suitcase and a cooler. And the man began to lug these big items from store to store, and eventually the couple ended up in a shoe store where he found a bench and he sat down and he just began to wait for his wife to finish shopping. Well, a clerk stopped by and asked if he needed any help and he said, no, thank you. My wife is shopping and I'm just waiting for her to finish. Well, another man overheard him and said, you know, I'm waiting for my wife too, but I never thought of bringing a lunch and an overnight bag with me. Please be patient. You know, there's a story of a young Christian who went to an older, more mature Christian for help. And he asked, will you please pray for me that I may have more patience? So they knelt together and the old man began to pray. Lord, send this young man tribulation in the morning. Send him tribulation in the afternoon. Send this young man. And at that point, the young Christian blurted out, no, 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 I didn't ask for tribulation. I wanted you to pray for patience. Ah, responded the wise old Christian. It's through tribulation that we learn patience. See, when we ask God for help, and we ask Him to help us to be more patient, it seems that God sends us opportunities to be more patient. John Dewey, a psychologist and educator, said that the most useful virtue in all the world is patience. You know, the fact is, we need patience all the time, and we need it everywhere. And so will you stand with me this morning out of respect of reading the Word of God? This morning, I want to read from Proverbs 16, verse 32. It says, It's better to be patient than powerful. It is better to win control over yourself than over whole cities. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the ability to come and worship You today. God, I ask over these next few moments that You would help us to understand this fruit of the Spirit, patience. God, may we grow in it. And God, may You help us to be patient with one another and patient in this world. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Have you ever said this? Maybe it was to your children or even to your spouse. You are testing my patience. Right? It's easy to appear to be patient when things are going your way, when everything's going according to plan, when you're getting what you want, but what happens when things aren't going your way? And what happens when things happen and you don't get what you want? How patient are you then? And so this morning, I just want to share a couple ways that test our patience And the first one is interruptions. We've all experienced interruptions. You sit down at dinner and all of a sudden the cell phone rings. Or maybe you're watching a 
a football game, and I won't say a particular person, but someone comes in and stands right in front of you, and they begin to ask you some questions. Or maybe you're at work, and you're working on a deadline, and a coworker walks in, and they just begin to talk to you about the weather. See, our best plans are often interrupted. And even Jesus' disciples, they weren't fans of interruptions. They became impatient with people that were bringing Jesus, bringing their children to Jesus and interrupting Jesus' busy schedule. In Matthew 19, verse 13, it says some people brought their children to Jesus so He could place His hands on them and pray for them. His disciples told the people to stop bothering Him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and don't try to stop them. People who are like these children belong to God's kingdom. You see, the disciples, they looked at these parents who were bringing these children to Jesus as as an interruption. But Jesus looked at it as an opportunity. Imagine what could happen in our lives if we changed our mindset that instead of looking at things as interruptions, we looked at them as opportunities. We'd probably be more cheerful and a little less grumpy, huh? And so my question to you this morning is, how do you handle interruptions that come your way? How do you handle them? You know, another way that tests our patience is inconveniences. We hate to be delayed, don't we? One of the worst feelings when traveling is when you look up at that monitor and all of a sudden you see that your flight is delayed. Or you pay a little bit extra so that that package you want to be delivered quickly is all of a sudden delayed. We want everything now and we don't want to be inconvenienced. What we want, we want. And what we want, we want right now. Isn't that right? I mean, what we want, we want, and we want it right now. We have minute rice. We have instant oatmeal. We have fast food. We don't like to wait. And when we have to wait in line a little bit longer for that chicken sandwich and those waffle fries, we're not happy. We're in such a hurry that we have to get going. We don't like to wait. You know, this past year I was traveling uh, to a friend's wedding and I was supposed to have this direct flight to Myrtle Beach. It was a two-hour flight that ended up into a major inconvenience. I ended up having an eight-hour layover in Fort Lauderdale. But it got worse. The plane I was supposed to be taking was coming in from Atlanta, and that was delayed another two hours. And so my flight that was supposed to be two hours ended up causing me a major inconvenience of a 13-hour trip. Inconveniences. I joked around with my friends as I was texting them, letting them know I was a little inconvenienced that I was going to put in applications at local coffee shops to work that shift so that I could make some extra money while I waited for my flight. 
In Luke 10, it tells a story about a woman who had trouble being patient in the face of inconvenience. Martha is busy preparing this meal for Jesus and their guests, and Mary just isn't helping. Luke 10, 40, it says Martha was distracted by the big dinner she's preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. See, Martha's upset with her sister because Mary left her to do all the work. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like others should be helping you? My question to you is, how do you react when you're inconvenienced? Are you able to show patience despite the inconvenience? Another way our patience is tested is through irritations. Irritations are the little things that just bug you. Things like slow drivers, long lines, flat tires, snow. The list goes on and on. Some of the irritations are controllable while most are not. And it takes patience to handle these situations. In the book of Numbers, we read about Moses becoming irritated with the Israelites. He would put up with their petty complaints and their criticism for years, and he really had no more patience left. It's like a parent being with a little child in the grocery store who's constantly having to say no when the child is asking for every little thing that they see. Moses had finally had enough. The people are complaining about not having enough water, and God tells Moses to speak to the rock to get water. But here's what happens instead. In Numbers 20, verse 10, it says, Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? And then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. And so the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. God had instructed Moses to speak to the rock. Instead, Moses is so irritated with the people that he strikes the rock. And as a result of this one act of disobedience, God doesn't allow Moses to enter into the promised land. Moses is usually a patient person, and even patient people have their limits. And we experience people who are irritating us throughout the week and they just wear us down. And when it comes to irritations, maybe we need to learn a lesson from the oyster. The oyster takes that irritation like a grain of sand and turns it into a pearl. This irritation becomes a precious gem that people will pay good money for. See, when you learn to respond to irritations properly, it'll help you to transform your irritations into pearls. And so my question to you this morning is, what do you allow to irritate you? What is it that irritates you this morning? Another way that tests our patience is inactivity. Most of us would rather do anything but just sit there and wait. We have to wait in the doctor's office. 
We have to wait at stoplights. We have to wait at grocery stores. We hurry up to get ready and then we have to wait on someone else. And how many of you enjoy waiting for the train that's blocking the road, right? When we talk of patience, we often talk about Job. Job is an example of a man who could do nothing but wait. In Job 14, 14, it says, I will wait for better times. Wait till this time of trouble is ended. You know, there's a lot we can learn from Job's example. In life, there's just some things that you and I are going to have to wait for. And so my question to you this morning is, what are you waiting for? When we look at impatience and what causes us to be impatient, I think it's a lack of peace in our lives. And maybe that's why God put patience right after peace in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. When you have peace in your heart, almost nothing can make you impatient. But when you don't have peace, almost everything makes you impatient. And so we have to learn to be a patient person. And so number one, I wrote down, I said, develop a new perspective. You need to find a new way of looking at the situation or that person that's giving you problems. See, patience begins by changing the way you view something. You know, I find that when I'm impatient, I'm really having this limited perspective. I'm focusing on myself. I'm focusing in on my needs, my wants, my desires, my goals, my schedule. I'm looking at those that are making my life harder. You see, the root of impatience really is selfishness. Last winter, I was driving Braden back from a robotics competition in the middle of a snowstorm. It was snowing really good, and we were driving down a road that had a posted speed limit of 50 miles an hour, and we were stuck behind someone driving 18 miles an hour. Yes, 18. Then, when we got onto the freeway, we got stuck behind another slow driver driving 25 miles an hour. Needless to say, I was impatient. Now, for the record, I didn't want to drive 70 in the middle of a snowstorm. I wasn't planning on it either. But I wanted to go a little bit faster than 25. But you know what? I was impatient. I was upset. That person in front of me was disrupting my schedule. I was going to get home later than I wanted. But I needed a new perspective. I needed to see the things from that other person's point of view. They obviously were a little more cautious in their driving and didn't feel as comfortable driving in the snow as I did. But still, they could have gotten over into the slow right lane, right? But I had to think about them and think about their perspective. The best thing about it all was we all got home safely, right? 
patience. See, if we want to be successful in life, we need to learn to see life from other people's point of view. Husbands, learn to see life from your wife's point of view and save yourself from getting into trouble. If you want to be a successful parent, learn to see life from your child's point of view. If you want to be a successful business person, learn to see life from your customer's point of view. If you want to be a successful employer, learn to see life from your employee's point of view. And if you want to be a passionate follower of Christ, learn to see life from God's point of view. Learn to pause in the midst of your impatience. Learn to look at the situation from the other person's perspective and discover what that person is feeling and why they're acting that way. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but it helps you to understand where they're coming from. Proverbs 4 5 says, Get wisdom and insight. Do not forget or ignore what I say. See, a way to acquire wisdom and insight is to see things from God's point of view, getting God's perspective on the situation. When I can look around and understand God's perspective, I understand that, you know what? I'm only human, I'm not God. I understand that no one is perfect. Not even me. As great as I am, I'm not perfect. And as great as you are, you're not perfect. You know, I also understand that God is in control. He will use every situation to make me better. Proverbs 20, 24 says, The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? When we place our trust in God, He is the one that directs our steps. That means that there's going to be times where you experience some delays. Hopefully it's not a 13-hour delay like mine. There's going to be interruptions that come along your way. Sometimes God will place irritating people along your path but maybe they, He puts them in your way to teach you a lesson so that you can learn something. When delays, when interruptions occur, ask God why. What are you trying to show me? And look at it from His point of view. You see, patience is a mark of maturity. Children, not very patient at all. If you don't know this, just take a long trip with them. And after 15 minutes, they will be asking, are we there yet? Or, when you're cooking food, they ask, how much longer? Is it ready yet? I am dying of starvation. They just ate two hours ago, and they're dying of starvation. See, maturity involves the ability to wait. A person who gains understanding and wisdom understands the importance of patience. Second, acquire a sense of humor. Are you a person who can laugh at your circumstances? A while back, I was driving with my mom, and we were talking about all the funny things that my stepdad has done over the course of years, and there are many. But one thing he has said over and over again and is this, I don't care if people are laughing at me as long as they are laughing See, learn to laugh at yourself. 
Learn to have joy in every situation. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but with a heartache comes depression. And in Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. Scientific studies have shown that people who laugh live longer. Humor is a great way to alleviate tension and it's a good way to reduce anxiety. Laughter is life's shock absorber. And some of the most famous comedians, they grew up with a lot of hurt and pain in their life, a lot of problems in their life, and they learned to cope with it through laughter and making other people laugh with them. And I found that I'd rather be around someone who's cheerful and joyful and laughing than being with someone who looks like they just ate a lemon. So learn to laugh. If you can laugh at it, you can live with it. If you learn to laugh at your troubles, you'll never run out of anything to laugh at. And then third, deepen your love. If you want to become a patient person, you need to learn to deepen your love. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says, Love is patient. If love is patient, then when I am impatient, I am not very loving. I'm unloving at that point. And think about that for a moment. When you love someone, you care about that person's needs, their desires, their hurts, their dreams, not just yours. And when you are filled with love, almost nothing can make you angry or impatient. But if you're filled with anger, almost anything can provoke you. So the next time your spouse says, hey, we're going to leave at this certain time and they make you wait, look at your attitude. Are you a loving spouse helping them get ready so that you can leave on time? Or are you just concerned about getting yourself ready so that you can make it out there on time? See, when you understand pressure, whatever is inside of you, when you get squeezed is going to come out. You'll either show kindness, grace, love. You'll help others. Or something else is going to come out and you're probably going to regret it and you're going to have to apologize about it later on. And so learn to deepen your love. Ephesians 4.1 says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Underline that. Be patient with each other, making an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. When you're patient with each other, you're able to forgive others a whole lot easier because you love them. Because of your love for them, you can look over their faults. God is patient with us. He's forgiven us of all our faults all our sins, all our failures. And we can be patient with others 
and show them love as well. And then finally, depend on the Lord. Patience is not merely a matter of human willpower. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You just can't say to yourself, I am going to be patient and then be patient. If we could rely on our own willpower, then we would quit overeating and binging on chocolate chip cookie dough at midnight. But we need God, we need the Holy Spirit to grow this fruit in our lives. See, patience is not saying He doesn't really irritate me when deep inside you're thinking, I just can't stand that person. Patience is not wearing a mask and pretending that everything is good when deep inside you just want to scream. When God begins to grow the fruit of patience in your life, you have genuine inner peace. Certain situations won't bother you. You can wait that extra 15 minutes for your spouse and you won't care because you love them and you are just excited that you get to spend that evening with them. Certain situations won't bother you the way they used to because you're trusting in the Lord. When I'm growing in patience, my faith is growing. It says, I trust God. I believe God is bigger than this problem. And I believe that God has His hand on my life. He's working on it, not just on my life, but on these irritations too. And He's using whatever is coming my way for my good. See, faith helps us to look at it from God's point of view. Faith helps us to say, God, what do you want me to learn from this situation? Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? We no longer have to ask God, why does this train always seem to come when I'm going down this road? Instead, we can ask God, what do you want me to learn from this? See, Noah had to wait 120 years before it started to rain. And that's a long time to be building a giant ark and to be patient. Abraham waited 100 years to have a son. Moses waited 40 years in the desert and then another 40 years leading Israel around waiting for the promised land. The disciples waited in the upper room for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And there's so many stories in the Bible showing God's people waiting. And when we wait, we demonstrate faith. And there's always a blessing when you wait. The hardest kind of waiting happens when you are in a hurry and God is not. It's hard to be patient when you're waiting for an answer for prayer and you are in need of a miracle and you're praying, God, do this, and you're not seeing it happen. But waiting patiently is an evidence of our faith. See, God is never late. He's always right on time. And He may not answer our prayers according to our schedule, but His timing is always perfect. He wants us to trust Him, to wait on Him. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 37.7, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. In verse 5 it says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him. 
and He will help you. Underline that. Commit everything. Trust Him. To commit, to trust, these are aspects of faith. And God wants us to trust Him more than anything else. And patience is evidence of our faith in Him. But first, we have to put our faith in Him. And when we put our faith in Him, God won't let us down. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank You that You always show up right on time. You're never late. And God, I pray, may You help us to learn patience. God, may we commit everything to You. And may we trust in You. And if you're here this morning or if you're watching online and you haven't made that decision to commit your life to Christ, to cross that line of faith, and you're ready to do that this morning, will you pray with me? Just simply say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth. We celebrated Christmas, your birth. You came to this earth for me and you died on a cross for my sins. And I ask you right now to come and forgive me of all my failures, all my mistakes, all the things the Bible calls sin and make me a new person. And God, I may not understand everything, but I do know I need you in my life. And so I pray right now May you come in my life today. Help me to live each day for you. And God, may I know you more and more each day, I pray in Jesus' name. And God, I pray right now for each and every one of us here in this room. God, may you help us to develop a new perspective. May you help us to have a a sense of humor. May we laugh and have joy. God, may we deepen our love for You. And as we deepen our love for You, our love for others will abound more and more. And God, may we just totally depend upon You and commit everything to You, I pray this morning. And so God, I pray, may You draw us closer to You as we Finish this year. And God, may 2024, God, be a new year where we make a de declaration to love You more. God, to be passionate for You. And so God, I pray, help us to live passionately for You in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me and you're here today, we have a gift that we'd be glad to give you. Just stop by and see one of the ushers or stop by the crossing and ask for this book. This book is going to help you to understand your prayer. It's going to help you to understand God more and help you to understand your next steps. And if you prayed that prayer and you're watching online, email us at info at woodland.church and we'd be glad to send it to you as well free of charge. And we want to be praying for you as well. And so please let us know if you prayed that prayer.
Well, once again, thank you so much for joining with us today. And as you get ready to leave, I want you to have a happy and safe new year and go in the blessings of God. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed.